Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I've started every one of these like that. But man, I really don't know what else to how else to do it. Like, hey good morning, what's going on everybody? But yeah, I don't know. It's not really like that. Oh gosh. Well, quick update on the house. It is listed a hundred percent. Give it a Google. Um 1608 Barnes Mill Road, Richmond, Kentucky. If you're in the local area and you're looking to buy a house, please buy this house. It is um, a great house. I can confirm I've lived there for a year. And honestly, if we had not found the place that we we're trying to buy, um, I would still be against moving. Um, so, yeah, it's a great place, though, seriously. There's a couple of minor things that um, are being done. Um, are being fixed this weekend. Sunday, I've got a contractor coming over to wrap up some stuff for us to help um, patch a couple things and and finish off the uh, uh, opposite side of a doorway. So um, we'll hopefully, you know, get that taken care of and everything will be straight and we can hopefully get this thing moved, man. We've had, we had a showing yesterday and we had two today, or uh, we have two so far today. Um, so hopefully we will get more, you know, um, I mean, it's a work day. I, I hope that a lot of traffic comes through this weekend. Um, I mean, seriously, I hope that we are chased out of our home Saturday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, that's fingers are crossed. Um, but anyway, finished moon night yesterday. Uh, season finale was awesome. The only thing I really don't like about it, though, which was really cool in the previous episode where after they um, they kill, after the guy Harrow, after Ethan Hawke shoots, um, what's the guy's name, Mark Spector or Steven, whatever, after he shoots him and he, um, you know, like I guess he dies and sort of like, you know, goes back into his head, into his brain. And it kind of dives into like what, where the split personalities came from and everything. Um, once like I get it, it got to that point, I thought that that was really cool. Um, but I didn't like though in the last episode how when it was all over and Kanchu released him, he went still reverted back to that. And like Ethan Hawke was there. And, um, like Ethan Hawke was there and was the doctor. And then he's like limping away, bleeding, you know? And then he like, you know, Steven and Mark elect to just drop out of that state or whatever. And all of a sudden, like they're back in the apartment in, um, the UK. I don't know. It just that part of it didn't make any sense to me. It was it was cool, um, like still really cool. I didn't watch the post credit scene though, and apparently there's a really dope post credit scene um, that supposedly sets up a season two, even though it's not confirmed for a season two yet. So I got to get back in there and check that out. But overall, it was a really cool show. Really, um, really looking forward to Kenobi um, next though. And that's really going to be my, my next big thing um, with the uh, hopefully that we got a really good like next up on some Star Wars or something like that. That'd be so sweet. 
Um, it looks really good from the preview trailer. Um, I really need to dive deep into a little bit more of the lore, I guess, around what happens. You know, I, I don't know. I wonder if they're going to kind of go off on their own. Because, like, in the books that have been written about the universe, like, there's already a story told there about what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi after, you know, the Revenge of the Sith and after what happens with, um, you know, Anakin slash uh, Darth Vader. So, like, I wonder if they will stick to that because it's considered canon because it hasn't been made into film yet, you know, even though film is what kicked it off. Um, so I wonder what they will do with that. I Because I, I want to look into it, but at the same time, like, I don't want to look into it and then have this bias going into the show that I'm expecting it to be just like the book, you know what I mean? Because that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean... You know, they took bits and pieces from some of the books with um, the uh, sequel trilogy. Um, like, just, like, literally, like I said, bits and pieces to be able to make the movies. But it didn't really hold true to anything, you know what I'm saying? So, um, it was, you know, it's really kind of like a... I don't know. I'll, I'll give it like a chance, I guess, a shot and see what I can come up with. But I don't want to hold to it because they don't have to be really specific with it. Because I think in this case, it's not like Lord of the Rings where it's like the canon was set by J.R.R. Tolkien and family. You have to stick with this. And Peter Jackson, again, took some liberties, but really like stayed true to a lot of, of what happened. Like it's really, by and large, it's very, the movies are very accurate to the book. I mean, you could pick them apart if you want to, but just on a general scale, they're very accurate. Um, in this case, you know, there was no lore before the movie happened. You know, there was no, like, Star Wars as we know it before George Lucas. There wasn't a book that was written that, that laid it out exactly the way that they did it. Um, and I know that there's some kind of like a weird story out there about that, 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 that it was Star Wars was stolen, and that there was a, there was a, a book or a, or a something that was done. And it was exactly like what George Lucas had put in. I don't care about that. I don't, I don't recognize that. I don't know what that was because it's not as famous as Star Wars is. That's what I was raised on. That's what it is. So. In my mind, that's the way I choose to look at it. Star Wars as a film is what kicked the whole thing off. The books only became canon during the dry spell between the early 80s and the late 90s when there wasn't another movie made while we were waiting on Phantom Menace, you know? So um, that's the only reason they're even considered canon because it's the only thing that was going on at that time. So I, uh, I appreciate what it is, but I also don't want to hold on to it too much because it's not real in my mind until they put it on screen. Because in this case, that's what came first, and so that's what gets the priority, and I think should get the priority in all of our minds. You know, that's what's making the franchise all the money, right? That's what's bringing in the bread. So that's what we should consider more strongly. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm really excited about it, though, because Hugh McGregor is dope. Of course, Darth Vader is dope. 
and the fact that Hayden Christensen is coming back to be Darth Vader is dope. You know, people talk so much shit about him from the way that he acted in Return of the Clones, or not Return of the Clones, Jesus Christ, Attack of the Clones, which I will grant you is fair. He, he did not act uh, his best in that movie. It wasn't his greatest performance, but when you think about it, I mean, seriously, he's Darth Vader, dude. He's Anakin Skywalker. That's like, I mean, th that's th he put the face to it. He put the face to it. You know, it's a it's a better story. I like, I, you know what I'm like. I, he is he's the man. It's a better story than just what we were left with uh, in the original trilogy. You know, like it just. It's we're better off knowing the story of Anakin Skywalker as being told through Hayden Christensen. And Revenge of the Sith was great. I think that he did a great job. He really stepped up. You know, it was a, it's a really good movie from start to finish. Really, there's not a whole lot wrong with it, I don't think, um, especially concerning his performance. You can't really complain too much. It's a pretty good, pretty good fucking movie. I mean, man, I thinking back on some of those, like, scenes and stuff, I mean, dude, like, there's the, I mean, Yoda and Darth Sidious lightsaber battle, pretty dope. The Yoda and Count Dooku lightsaber battle, pretty dope. You know, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Count Dooku, pretty dope. But in my mind, man, I mean, seriously, and there's others, obviously, but I mean, in my mind... Honestly, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan, best lightsaber battle of all time, dude. It's 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 goaded. There there is not a better lightsaber battle. I'm pretty sure that it was the longest. It was the most well done, like technically speaking, like they really mastered their form, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. They really crushed it. And it just it looked the best for the movie. The weight of it, all the implications of what that lightsaber battle meant. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, that, that's tip top. That is that is an S tier lightsaber fight right there, son. It does not get better than that. So yeah, it's um, I'm 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 really looking forward to 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 seeing these guys back in this new series and. I hate to say it, but honestly, this is kind of the way that I look at it. And I think that what, this is how I think that they're going to do it. So we all know that Darth Vader has to be a part of the story with Obi-Wan Kenobi. We we know that he has to be. Literally has to be. There is no other way around it. He's got to be that dude. But my problem is, though, is what I think that they're going to do. They're going to have a great story for season one. You know, Mandalorian season one was very slow, but it was so good. It was so good. Of course, when you're working with a guy like John Favreau, you can't miss. I mean, the man literally can't miss. So it was a slow burn, though, is my point. There was a, a main storyline. There was a theme throughout the whole thing, but it was a slow burn, and it, de it developed slowly into, you know, what we like knew to learn to to grow and love and appreciate with uh you know Din Djarin. and uh what i think is going to happen kind of similarly to that is that it's going to be 
Obi-Wan is going to be a great story, but it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to be a lot of, you know, filling in the story about what has happened, you know, over the years. There's going to be a lot of not really back and forth with like other smaller enemies, because I think that, you know, mainly the main thing is just him trying to deal with bounty hunters. I really think that that's what it, it is. It is about. And, you know, so I think that there's going to be like small back and forth with that kind of a deal. But I think that for the most part, it will go over really well. And then at the end, it'll kind of be set almost like with a, um, I don't know, you could call it kind of like a, like a cliffhanger or something is the best way to put it. But like, basically, I think that they'll just kind of trail it up. And they'll have like a main theme throughout the entire series. And there'll be little bits and pieces of like teasers of stuff that has to do with Darth Vader. But it'll almost be like a Marvel movie post credit scene where it's like at the very end, then it's like Darth Vader, like, you know, fucking you see Hayden Christensen's face and the helmet comes down over it. And he's like, uh, you know, says something with that dope James Earl Jones voice, <laughs> you know, of like, you know, I'll do it myself, like similar type of situation. That's the only thing that I'm concerned about. And there's positives and negatives to it either way, because making a story like that, you need a cliffhanger. You need something to really keep you locked in um, and bring people back to see it. But at the same time, like, People are people are coming to see uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. People are gonna stay to see Darth Vader. That's kind of the thing. We want to see the next iteration of that. Okay, I mean because, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what anybody else says. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that you could really like speak on and you could bring up. I think that he's the ultimate Sith. I really do. I don't think that there's anybody else, if you look at it, just generally, I think that, and maybe it's just because it's, again, what I was born into, all I, all I knew for the longest time was Darth Vader, you know, aside from partially the Emperor, and then, you know, obviously, Darth Maul, you know, when I was a kid, was the shit, you know. Count Dooku, I never really thought was that cool. General Grievous was never a Sith, but he was trained by Count Dooku, you know. Uh, like, Asajj Ventress is, is a dope, you know. Uh, I guess she's like a Sith Padawan. She's not really a Sith Lord, really. And, and, and there's other, like, if you go back to, like, the Old Republic, there's other, like, you know, Sith, obviously. But the ones that I'm talking about like, get the most clout, I feel like. None of them is more savage than Darth Vader. And I feel like he is, I, I feel like he's, he's just the coolest one. And so people are going to stay for that. And so there's an advantage to putting it at the end because that means you're going to guarantee people are going to be locked in to come back for season two to see more Darth Vader. But then at the same time, if that is all that people get out of the show is they have to, they watch and enjoy a good storyline with Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it has to go to the very, very end for them to see a glimpse of Darth Vader. That would piss that will piss me off. I'll be upset. Who knows if I'll watch season two at that point because I've gotten screwed out of 
you know, arguably like a, a top five all time Star Wars character being in a series where he absolutely has major implications on the storyline of the main character, which is Obi-Wan. I mean, you can't tell me, you can't tell me there is a story that you could tell about Obi-Wan Kenobi that does not involve Anakin Skywalker or um, Darth Vader. Everything about Obi-Wan Kenobi, especially at this point in his life, has Anakin Skywalker uh, implications looming over him. I mean, everything that he is defined by at that point has to do with his relationship with Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader's got to be a part of the show early on. He has to be. He just has to be. And there is like, you know, this whole point about this uh, cool looking black chick that's got, you know, a lightsaber as well, you know, and she's out there hunting also. And that, that seems really cool. Like hopefully she has a good part in the story as well. But I'm telling you, man, what would really make the show is early and consistent Darth Vader appearances. That's really what's going to keep it going. You know, one of the best things about the second season of Mandalorian was we didn't know really who Moff Gideon was until the end of season one. That was when, you know, he really became kind of like a, a figure in the movie. And he, you know, had the dark saber or the show had the dark saber and everything like that. And it was, you know, super duper cool. Um, but, you know, really the best thing about season two was that you knew that he was a main antagonist. And he had several appearances throughout the show that climaxed with the very end, the last episode when Luke Skywalker showed up. You know, that that is really the thing right there. That is the shit. So I think, like, looking at it like that, you know, I mean, come on, man. Like, it's you got to be able to kind of, like, copy that. But not exactly, though. Not exactly, because I don't want to see, I don't want it to be exactly like season one and season two of Mando, because we know that Darth Vader is coming. We know that he's there. You know, people weren't, I don't think people were expecting Moff Gideon the whole time, you know, right? Then he just showed up and we're like, oh, this is the dude behind the shit right here. No, we didn't know that. We weren't looking at that. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're coming in here. So I, um, I'm really hoping that it's a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait until it comes out. Um, man, shit, you all. I really, I don't know what else to do. I'm so stressed out about this house situation, man. I'm seriously, I, I need some fucking help. I mean, God, I, uh, I need some help so bad. I got to get this out. We got to get rid of this house, man. And I like this house a lot. So by me saying we got to get rid of it, I'm not saying like, please take this burden away from me because it's not, it's not a burden. It's a great fucking house. But dude, like the best thing about it is, and I talked to my realtor about it earlier. The best thing about it is that, um, she said that the house that we put in on a contract with, their stipulation was you have to be listed within 48 hours of signing the contract to, you know, to make it a pending sale, basically. 
and we were able to hit that. We made that yesterday. We got the house listed. It's on the market. We, we met it. There is no stipulation on how quickly we have to sell it. Now, obviously, you want to sell it as fast as possible because nobody, nobody wants to wait around that long. We don't want to wait around that long. We want to get this shit going. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, like, we, we want to move on. We want, because this house offers so much for us. It offers the right amount of room for the family size that we're going to have. You know, we're going to have four biological kids and a foster kid. And we have our dog. It offers all the space that we need for our family to be able to live in. It's closer to work. Right now, my wife and I are both driving 45 minutes to work one way every single day, which is granted is a small commute for a lot of people. I understand that. Folks that live in bigger cities, you guys drive longer because of traffic. I get it. We don't have that here. Okay. That's not my, that's not my problem. And so if there's a way for me to avoid it, I want to avoid it. And so I'm paying to do that. I want to pay to do that. I want to buy this house. It's going to cut our drive time in half, man. I mean, that's important fucking time, dude. I mean, plus like the uh, anxiety that is caused by driving in a car for two hours a day. Um, almost two hours a day with three little kids, dude, is it's unimaginable. I do it every now and then. My wife does it every single day and she's so burnt out. Like I do not want that for her. Plus as sick as she's been while being pregnant with this newest kid, like any time on the road is a roll of the dice because you never know what kind of shape her health is going to be in. Like how, sick as could she be this morning or this evening or you know and then she's got to drive in the car miserable you know to work you know which is miserable not all the time but you know i'm just saying like who wants to be sick at work right or she has to come home and she's so burnt out from the from the drive of being sick and being with these crazy kids now she's ready to check out for the evening and then that's not fun because then nobody gets time with her, me and the kids included. So it just like, it makes more sense for us to make this move, to be able to cut that kind of transit time in half. It just, it makes more sense, but we got to get this household, man. We got to do whatever we can. And that's what I'm, I, gosh, I just want to, everybody talks about the market is so crazy. Now the market is so crazy. I'm like, I talked to my buddy yesterday, my best friend, these guys have been like my best friend for like 10 years. Now longer than that, fuck am I talking about? Like 15 years. I was talking to him yesterday and he was like, dude, he said our house, they, they bought and sold a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. He said our house that we sold, we sold it the same day that it was listed. We accepted an offer on it the same day that it was listed. That house we were not we weren't finished changing the floors out we had to put a new door in for the front and back we had to put a patch on the roof and that house sold same day if that house can sell your house can sell and just to be clear like for the rundown of my house it it's four bedroom two full bath it's a split level but it's three different levels it's not like it's not like you walk into it 
and you immediately have to pick or choose, go upstairs or downstairs. It's you walk into it to a main living room and kitchen dining area, and then it goes up splits upstairs to the to three bedrooms and a bathroom where you go downstairs to like it's like a master suite is basically what we made it into you know we knocked a wall out so it's like that first level is open floor plan there's no wall in the way blocking everything off we um we fenced in i have a it's a two acre backyard we fenced in about a quarter of the backyard so there's a good big area for people to like go out if you got animals and shit or kids to go out and play everything like that you know um we've obviously like we we painted the outside of it white so like it was you know like this older like brown black and like a lighter tan color um or it was it was kind of like an orangish brown you know um, and like a tan color and black brick painted all of that white, um, you know, but the problem is with it is it's got some cosmetic stuff that needs to be touched up. And I listened in on a fucking tour of it earlier today, one of our showings. And that was like the people, which whatever, if you're, I understand if you're buying a house, you got to be critical of it because this is a place where you got to live. You're paying for this. You're going to live there. Right. So like, I get it. You got to be critical of it. But that's just like all that I hear was like the negative that I don't want to hear. I want to hear people talk about how great of a house it is, you know. But if everybody talked about how great of a house it is, everybody would be wanting to buy it. But at the same time, that's what I fucking want. I want a million people to want to buy it because I'm going to get rid of this fucking thing. I want to move. And I want this to be my last move. And I guess really the thing in my head is I want the hard work to pay off. I want the hard work of what we had to do and the the time to sacrifice to make this place ready to list and sell and to move on. And the hard work that me and her have put in to be able to get our family in this position to even have an option, have a shot at this house that we're trying to buy. I want that hard work to pay off. And if it doesn't, if I, and the payoff is we're able to sell our current house. If we can't sell our current house, it doesn't work out. And it makes it feel like it, not only did we fail, but it was all for nothing. You did all that work for nothing because like there has, there has to be a payoff. Like you have to be able to work for something. If I like, otherwise, what's the point? I'm not one of those people who can work towards a goal and then lose the goal, but appreciate all the work that I put in the development I got. I'm not there yet as a person. I, I have to have the reward. There's, I got to get the carrot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need the fucking pot of gold. And this house is the pot of gold. I got to get the pot of gold. All this work has got to mean something. And I'm like putting it, trying to put it out there, man, into the universe. And, you know, my wife is praying on it and I'm praying on it and I'm hoping other people are praying on it for me. Like, please dude, like help me out here, man. Like, um, you guys, anybody who's listening, throw some good vibes out there, speak it into existence. This house is going to sell and this house is going to sell fast. This house is going to sell and this house is going to sell fast, <clears throat> you know? I mean, 
my, my don't get me wrong, my rate would not be good. But I mean, right now we're looking the way that it's listed. We're looking at making about like fifty grand off of it if we sell it as is. I only need to I only need to make between twenty and forty to be able to buy the house that like to to put down to buy the house that I that we want to move to you know which is not a whole lot you know honestly and my, like I said my interest rate would be up and that would suck but it would get us in and then all I got to do all we have to do is is I'll I'll work I'll grind it out and we'll bank money and we'll refinance it you know in a in a couple of years and and that's we'll just live hard but I'm willing to do it. If if that's what I have to do to get in this place, I'm willing to do the work. I'm not scared of it. I just want the reward. I'm I'm willing to work. I'm I mean we've always said that it's like um you know, like I'm like my wife and I have gone back and forth and been like I I don't want to be house poor. I want to be able to do stuff. And I agree. I don't want to be house poor either. I don't want to be, I don't want to not be able to do anything because we have to spend so much money on our house. But I, for a long-term goal of something like that, I'm willing to struggle on a place that is as great as this new house is, that offers as much for us as this new house is to be able to get us there. Because we don't really have to sacrifice as much because we have stuff that we want and need out of this place we have the yard you know um you know if we want to go swimming or something we have a pool her mom has a pool you know like we could we can go and do fun stuff in the summer in our own backyard we can have a great time in our own backyard that's what i'm saying that's what i want like I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to struggle. I'm willing to grind it out for a while to be able to get us to that point. If we can make this step, I mean, the hard work is not over just because the house is sold and we get to get by in the place we get, but it's like an, it's like a reward, like a teaser, like, okay, you got it, but now you got to bust your ass to make it what you want. I'm fine with that. That is what I want. That's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for the cakewalk. I'm I'm asking to I'm asking to get the piece. I'm asking to get the foundation for me to stand on and say this is what the fuck I'm working for. This is the this is what we have done, me and my wife. This is what we have accomplished for our family. Look at what we have done for our family. Look at this fucking place. Look at what it offers us. That is what I want. And I don't care to work for something that's great like that. Just like I didn't care to work for the house that we had right now. I didn't care to to grind and work on it myself and work hard to be able to put extra money into it and stuff like that. I didn't care to, I don't care to do that. I didn't care to do that. But I want the reward for that to be able to, to manifest itself, you know, relatively quickly. It's hard, man. This is a hard process. This this waiting game. I'm not I'm not meant for that stuff. I I don't know. Like I said, maybe like I'm just not that person yet. I haven't developed that way yet. But I just I can't do it. I'm I'm not I'm I'm having a really hard time waiting on it, and I'm scared to death that we're going to be waiting a while. That is my biggest fear: is that we will be waiting a while, and that is not what I want.
because I feel like it's not something we can do. So, I don't know. It scares me to death. So, all right. I think I'm done for the day. I need to go get back to work, check on some stuff here. It's been a little bit. So, all right. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good weekend. Derby day tomorrow. Uh, Mother's Day on Sunday. So, you know, be good to your moms. Be good to your wives. Be good to your other family members that are moms, whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shit stresses me out so much. All right. Um, yeah. Wish me luck, everybody. Seriously, speak this into, into existence for me. Manif- help me manifest this, this change in my family's life. Um, a change that we really feel like is going to better us a whole lot. Yeah. Please help me manifest that. All right. Deuces.